Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. The Holman Prize is an award given to someone who is blind or has low vision just to pretty much encourage exploration, entrepreneurship, leadership. It is quite specifically for blind ambition. And that's exactly what we'll be talking about today, all about the Holman Prize, how you can apply, and a little bit more about it. We'll speak with Caitlin O'Malier, a communications associate at San Francisco's Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired, that sponsors the prize, about this unique award and how it works. And applications are being actively received right now. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Caitlin O'Malier. Something I would just suggest applicants consider in recording their 90-second video is vibrancy in your colors, in your personality. Let the judges see the person um, in charge of the project. You know, the, the person behind all of this is just as, if not even more significant than the project itself. First impressions are really important, as they say. They are. <laughs> and videos where the people are really excited are are so fun to watch that then as a judge, you're like, yeah, let's choose this person. <laughs> so a little pizzazz goes a long way. And as we'll be hearing, the 90-second video is part of the application process. So it's really important to do a good job of that to make sure you do make a good first impression on the judges. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Caitlin and learning about the San Francisco Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired. My name is Caitlin O'Mellier, and I work at the Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired in San Francisco. I work as a communications associate and also as a representative of the Holman Prize. Most of our listeners and most of your clients have visual impairments. Do you? I do. I was diagnosed with Stargardt's retinal disease when I was 14, uh, my freshman year of high school. Uh, so it's been, well, I won't say how long, but <laughs> <laughs> it's been, I'm very much used to it now. <laughs> And we'll be talking more about the Holman Prize in just a bit, mm -hmm. but tell us a little bit about the San Francisco Lighthouse for the Blind and what they do. Sure. We do a lot. <laughs> it started in, uh, after World War I when a lot of veterans were blinded due to you know various um, injuries throughout the war and they needed a job. And in San Francisco, it started as a factory and they hired all of these uh, blind veterans. So this was a sheltered work environment to make it possible for them to do something. Yes. Uh, so they started working with the military and creating um, like go packs and different things like that uh, for the United States military. And we actually still do that. Lighthouse has expanded greatly we work with the Department of Rehabilitation 
and offer classes, services, training in tech, in living skills, in orientation and mobility to people who are blind and low vision. We have youth programs. We have a uh, Enchanted Hills camp that's kind of the heart and soul of Lighthouse. That's everyone's favorite. We've The camp's been open for over 70 years now. So they also offer, you know, a wide range of different community and social classes and support groups for people who are blind or have low vision. And then, as I said, we also have uh, something called Lighthouse Industries, and they continue to make toilet paper rolls and now safe, environmentally friendly cleaning products. And we still hold that contract with the United States military. And almost all the employees are blind or visually impaired, a a great majority of them. This is sort of like one-stop shopping for anything to do with vision impairments. Oh yeah, we've got a lot. (laughs) You name it, we probably have our hand in that pot doing that as well. So I'm curious, there are many blindness organizations with the name Lighthouse in their name. Are these all related to each other or is the San Francisco Lighthouse an independent organization? Yeah, there are lots of different lighthouses. I guess, you know, great minds think of like, (laughs) Uh, but we are our own entity. Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is the 2021 Holman Prize, for which applications are now being received. Today, we wanted to talk about the Holman Prize that you sponsor every year, and First of all, maybe you can give us a quick summary of what it's all about, and then we can talk a little bit about how it got started and a little bit more details about it. What is the Holman Prize? The Holman Prize, um, it's named after the prolific blind explorer James Holman in the 18th century. It started in 2017, so it's still relatively new, although it's gained a lot of global recognition. And what it is, is it's an award given to someone who is blind or has low vision um, just to pretty much encourage exploration, entrepreneurship, leadership. It is quite specifically for blind ambition. This prize was named after James Holman, who exhibited all of those traits. And at the end of this segment, we will be telling you more about him. What a fascinating guy. You said this prize was relatively recent. What was the motivation behind it? Um, Well, it was realized that there is no real recognition for blind people and their accomplishments or really anything to kind of encourage that. The main point is to show the world what blind people can do. And that's to show blind people and sighted people alike. Um, And this is kind of a a motivation to go out and follow your dreams and kind of change the idea of what it means to be a blind person um, in this day and age. So at this point, you've had three winners every year and many more applicants. Can you give us an idea of what kinds of projects wind up winning the award? 
Sure. As I said, it's, it's incredibly open. It's not, you know, geared towards uh, math and science or travel, but it's included both of those and, and everything in between. Some of our winners in 2017, which was our first year, we had a woman who, you know, traveled to different countries as the blind baker. And she learned from other chefs and she taught baking classes to um, blind and visually impaired people. And uh, I think she went to China and Australia and the United States and a bunch of different places. We had a man from Uganda who was a blind beekeeper. Just last year, we had a man, Tyler, who created um, a fitness app that was completely accessible for blind and low vision people. We had Mona. She has a YouTube channel, Planes, Trains, and Canes, and she's traveled all over the world using various different public systems in cities across the world. It's so open to anything that is just encouraging. Last year, a woman from India, Tiffany, she's from uh, rural Southern India, and she's teaching uh, O&M to people who otherwise would not have any type of, they wouldn't have a cane, they wouldn't have any kind of um, O&M skills. So although you're based in San Francisco, this prize is open to people from anywhere in the world. Absolutely. The only requirement is that you are blind or visually impaired. I thought also you had to be a proficient English speaker. Uh, yes, you, you do have to um, be able to speak English. That is correct. From the list of recent winners that you told us about, it sounds like applicants come from very diverse backgrounds with very diverse goals and missions in mind. For someone who's thinking about applying, what is kind of the overall guideline that you would give them? I and mean, what is the context which, in which they're applying? I would encourage someone to, you can visit the website, which is holman.lighthouse-sf, as in San Francisco.org. Um, you can check that out and look at previous winners. All the stories are very encouraging and it may bring something out in you, but also we're looking to expand beyond sort of the areas that we've already awarded people. So that is something to keep in mind, you know, if your goal is to travel across the world, although we have awarded someone to do such things, like what would you do in those places? Would you be teaching different um, blind communities across the world, something different, you know, a language or a skill or, you know, how, how would your journey be perhaps a little different than a previous winner? It must be difficult to judge applicants from such diverse backgrounds and interests. You know, I'm wondering, um, are you judging people then on kind of the excitement and challenge of what they're doing or the fact that they might be leveraging their work to educate or train larger groups of people? How do the judges work all that? I found I've worked um, as a judge this past year in the um, 2020, and they go through several tiers of kind of weeding out, you know, their semifinalists and finalists. And um, a lot of people are a part of, of choosing the ultimate winners. 
Um, and it's hard. There are so many, I mean, you get into it and you're like, gosh, how are we going to choose three? <laughs> well, it sounds like it's sometimes sort of like choosing between apples and oranges, right? You can exactly. have two yes. good applicants, but very different uh, conclusions come out. Yeah. So, I mean, we definitely are looking for something that's new and different that we haven't necessarily already seen before. And, you know, we do consider, is this affecting this one person in their life? Or is this going to, you know, benefit other blind and low vision people? Um, Is this going to educate the sighted world as well? Um, So there, there's a lot to consider. And it's not an easy job being the judge. Um, It's an exciting and inspiring and encouraging um, job, but it's hard. (laughs) And all the the judges themselves are are blind and low vision. So it's fantastic to be a part of. I gather the panel of judges changes from year to year. What kinds of people are on the panel this year? We've had different colleagues from other blindness organizations, um, teachers, we've had doctors, we've had um, entrepreneurs, we've had a very wide range of, of judges, and we do have different judges every year. We have some CEOs, we have podcasters, teachers, it's a wide range, kind of like the Holman Prize itself. <laughs> Maybe you can walk us through the procedure from the point of view of the applicants. Let's say I was interested in applying for this prize. What would I do and what would happen? Absolutely. So what you would do is you would submit um, an application. You would visit holman.lighthouse-sf.org. And we ask you to fill out a basic application, you know, your your name, your birth date, all your uh, kind of basic personal information. And we also ask you to submit a photo of yourself as well as a 90-second sort of pitch video. And that is where you will talk about your project that you have in mind and how winning the Holman prize and being awarded the the $25,000, how that will get you to achieving your, your goal or living out your, your Holman journey. That is quite a substantial prize that can really help people achieve their dreams and aspirations. Absolutely. I'd just like to comment, you mentioned the 90-second video, what a lot of people refer to as the elevator speech, you know, if you only Mm -hmm. have that long to explain your project. I've watched many of these, and they're fascinating. The diversity of proposals that people make and the enthusiasm is incredible. Absolutely. It's my favorite part is watching those because certain personalities just shine through and immediately you're like, I want that person to win. (laughs) And then it gets hard because you see a lot of those. (laughs) Right. And you must get lots of people from around the world applying for this prize, I guess. Absolutely. From all over. So last year we had applicants from 22 different countries across the world, um, including an applicant from China which was very exciting for us because this was the first year that we received an applicant from China. And every time a a new country is added to the list, it's very exciting because it just 
shows the growth of Holman Prize. And how many applicants overall? We had a little over, I think about 109 it was last year. And that trickled down into three winners. That had to be a difficult decision, as you said. It's so hard. (laughs) I'll bet. We've been judges for science competitions, and it is not easy to choose among these people. You know, they're all Mm -hmm. pretty excellent in one way or another. Yeah. What happens once someone receives this money and they win the prize? Is there any kind of additional support or follow-on that you provide? I mean, how do you track these people? Yes, we check in with them regularly, and we like to share their their journey and their project. Uh, we do that over social media, um, but we also have you know personal connections with these winners, and we check in with them and we see how everything's going. Once you've been made a semifinalist before the winner is chosen, um, you are then also asked to submit a full outline of your project and you're asked to show exactly where that $25,000, what that would go towards and kind of a financial report as well of how that it would be helpful. So they do make some accounting. They just don't run away, stuff it in a bank and go on vacation. Yes, definitely. We make sure it's, it's, all, it's all accounted for in the correct way. <laughs> when the winners are chosen, they're flown to San Francisco for something that we call the Welcome Week. And there's a lot of support and training and understanding. And we, we really work with our winners to make sure that they have all the support and all the resources and all the information that they need from us and we need from them as well to go forth and be blind ambition leaders. Now, you've been running this contest for a number of years and you talked to us about a number of winners. How well have these projects worked out in general? Really terrifically. A winner in 2018, a woman named Conchita Hernandez. She was born in Mexico, um, grew up in California, and she started a three-day conference in um, 2018 that they held in Mexico City, and they had over 300 people come. Everything was paid for. They provided food and childcare, um, and that was for education and advocacy for blind and visually impaired people in Mexico. And they had a huge following. Lots of Latin American countries have followed her, and she does uh, webinars regularly um, to stay connected with that um, Spanish-speaking and Latin blind and low-vision community. Hers has just been thriving. A lot of other winners have, you know, gone on to have, uh, you know, YouTube channels and get funded um, beyond Holman afterwards when their the success of of their project has really shown through. So the Holman Prize, with the monetary reward, can act as a springboard to something even larger, is what you're saying? Yes, it definitely can. Um, Although it should be noted that if you already have a large funding for your project before Holman Prize, um, that is probably going to rule you out. This is kind of for people who this $25,000 is going to get it going for them. You know, if if you're already funded by someone else, then you don't necessarily 
need the Holman money. So it's going towards people who it's going to greatly affect their ability to do this, this goal, this project. Well, that makes sense. And this year's applications, I take it, are due in mid-March. What's the exact date? You have until March 14th to complete your applications and submit your 90-second videos. Giving $25,000 to each of three people, plus paying their expenses to go to San Francisco for a week from anywhere on the planet, that's a lot of money. Who funds the Holman Prize? The Holman Prize is, is funded by... Lighthouse and our donors, you know, we are, we are a nonprofit and we have a fantastic um, relationship with so many donors, big and small, all across the world, really. And that's where the funding comes from. And for people who are applying this year, how do you expect the COVID-19 virus to affect either the application process or the types of projects that you'll choose, if at all? It's a little hard to say because there is so much uncertainty, but that will definitely be um, a factor that everyone needs to keep in mind, applicants and judges alike. Just like when we were all in high school, if there was a snowstorm, we sometimes got extensions on our projects. Would you consider giving an extension to the time period during which you expect people to complete their projects? Absolutely. Um, For the safety of the globe for everyone, certain projects that maybe involve working in large groups or working with travel, we're definitely willing to work with those applicants and those winners so that their goals can be um, achieved over a safe amount of time. You know, if, if it gets extended for a while until people can, can work on that, then we're absolutely willing to work with them. That will be very comforting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Ordinarily, it's it's the hope that, you know, your, your project will happen over the course of the year that you've won, but in these times that simply can't necessarily be done for everyone. So we are very open to and flexible to working with people to make sure that things are done safely. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, if you have a fantastic idea, work on your pitch video and your application and get it to us before March 14th. And in a second, we'll have all that contact information and where you can find out more. But in the meantime, we did promise you to tell you a little bit about Holman himself. And this is excerpted from what we found on Wikipedia. James Holman, who lived from 1786 to 1857, was known as the Blind Traveler. He was a British adventurer, author, social observer, and best known for his writings on his extensive travels. Completely blind and suffering from debilitating pain and limited mobility, he undertook a series of solo journeys that were unprecedented both in their extent of geography and method of what they called human echolocation. In 1866, the journalist William Jordan wrote that from Marco Polo to Mungo Park, no three of the most famous travelers grouped together would exceed the extent and variety of countries traversed by our blind countrymen. In 1832, Holman became the first blind person to circumnavigate the globe, which was quite an achievement for anybody, blind or sighted. 
He continued traveling even after that, and by October of 1846 had visited every inhabited continent. So what a guy. And with the time frame and the amount of the prize money, I don't think anybody's expecting a single applicant to achieve all of this, but this is the spirit that the lighthouse in San Francisco is trying to encourage in the applicants for the Holman Prize. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about the Holman Prize, including how to apply and how to contact the people who run it. If people want to find out more about the Holman Prize or even apply, how would they go about that? You would visit holman.lighthouse-sf, as in San Francisco, .org. That is the Holman Pages homepage. Uh, When you visit that in the top right of the page, there will also be links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the YouTube page. Um, And you can also find out some information on the Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired in San Francisco, our page as well. Um, And that is lighthouse-sf.org. And again, the links to all of our our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, and YouTube pages are all there on the homepage. It's going to be in the upper right of the homepage beneath the search bar. Can you spell Holman? Sure. Sorry. It is H-O-L-M-A-N. And if somebody wants to ask a question, is there an email address or phone number? Absolutely. You can email. Email is probably the best um, point of contact at this point, as all of our people are working remotely. So uh, the email is probably the best access. And that's going to be Holman, H-O-L-M-A-N, at lighthouse-sf, as in San Francisco, dot org, O-R-G. And again, we should remind people this is a $25,000 prize for the three winners each. And remind us of the deadline again. So it opened January 20th and runs until March 14th. Yeah, so you have until March 14th to complete your applications and submit your 90-second videos. And if you're interested in applying or you want to find out more, of course, all of that contact information will be in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. I also want to remind people about the search field on our website. We now have over 500 episodes in our archive, and you can find an episode on almost any topic you're interested in. Just enter a keyword or a topic or a show number, and you'll come up with a list of shows matching those terms, along with a summary of the show and links to the audio and show notes associated with that episode. So check that out. That's it for show number 2107. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about the NaviLens navigation system. NaviLens uses an app on your smartphone to find and identify customized signs and tags from as far away as 60 feet. 
We'll talk with Javier Pita, founder and CEO of NaviLens, about how the system is being used in transportation and other venues to provide location, direction, and other dynamic data to the visually impaired. We've actually talked about NaviLens in a previous episode, and really this is one of the most exciting new technologies that we've come across in a while. So I hope you'll join us for that episode next week. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy, and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.